0: Hey there, welcome to the Stormwater World Podcast. After 10 years in the stormwater industry, I feel like I've only scratched the surface of all there is to learn. I believe there are a lot of people just like me who are curious, but we're all just so busy. So I'm going to ask the questions so we can get the answers together. My name is Ty Garman, and I'm your host. Join me as we learn about what is happening in the stormwater world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the this episode of the Stormwater World Podcast. Uh, We are gonna talk about some green infrastructure today and how the stormwater industry is and should be kind of leaning in that direction or at least combining the efforts of of what we have out in the stormwater industry with what's going on with green infrastructure. And we're gonna talk with another good friend of mine, uh, both inside and outside of the stormwater industry. Uh, Eric Rominger is with us with AquaShield. And we are going to talk about a new product they have on the horizon that deals in green infrastructure. But before we get to that, Eric, welcome to the pod. Appreciate you being on.
1: Yeah, thank you so man, much. Thank you so much, Ty. First, I want to say thanks for just putting this together and your patience in putting this together because I know I wanted to be a lot higher on that list of these podcasts.
0: Uh, but it's just, Man, it's you know, all good. Time, so, time. so uh, we <laughs> we, uh, we we we. So for the, for all of our listeners out there, Eric could have been episode number three. We we may or may not have uh, had a, a snafu in a previous recording, but it's all good. It's all good. So, uh, but but hey, before we talk about the uh, the the new the new product that you have out there that uh, that leans, like I said, into the green infrastructure, as I continue to tease that topic. Um, why don't you tell everybody about a little bit about yourself and those that don't know AquaShield or know you. Um, Eric is, uh, let me let me start out by saying, Eric is a vice president with AquaShield, which is now a com-line company. And uh, I'll let you take it from there and kind of go yeah. a little bit through your uh, stormwater history.
1: Yeah, so t- for me to get into stormwater is kind of a rather unique path. You know, As I was finishing my chemical engineering degree, I um, had an opportunity to uh, literally upon graduation, Moved to Southeast Asia, Singapore. So you can imagine my surprise when, you know, owner of a small specialty chemical company, I'm just a lab rat working on different uh, dry vinyl polymers for the geotechnical industry, comes to me and says, Hey, we'd like you to move to Singapore upon graduation. And I'm like, where's that? I don't even have a passport, you know? So it's just a really, you know, unique opportunity to get into the, the construction world as a chemical engineer initially. And then, uh, you know, spent several years in Southeast Asia building uh, so Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, the Philippines. And then ultimately the Asian recession hit in the late nineties and brought me back to the U S into the big dig. So again, still in the construction world. Uh, and, and ultimately uh, eventually moved into um, a fortune 500 sales company with pl- plastics. Again, polymer additives kind of being that background. Uh, did that for a couple of years as a road warrior sales guy. And then, uh, had a unique opportunity with the Society of Plastic Engineers, met the pr- really good friends with the president and, and ended up uh, recruiting me to become an executive recruiter. It's like, have you ever thought about executive recruiting? You got sales background, technical background. I thought, you know, yeah, I think I'll take a chance on myself. So I did that for a several, several years in the you know, early 2000. So I was living the laptop lifestyle 20 years, you know, well in advance, right? So it was really a cool opportunity into moving back to Chattanooga. I uh, met my wife and we started thinking about starting a family and a job opportunity came over for a startup company for Aquashield that uh, was looking for, you know, pl- plastic, you know, basically hydrodynamic separation. And, and I kind of always had an affinity to obviously construction, but also with the plastics background and thinking, well, I've got international experience. I've got sales experience. I've got recruiting experience. So I just knocked on the door, uh, the owner and said, Hey, you know, I think there's a, a great fit here. I was a third employee in 2003 and, uh, just right place, right time. And it's just been a tremendous opportunity to be in the stormwater for the last, this is my 20th year now.
0: 20 years. Congratulations. Yeah, wow. See, I think, I, I think I've been here forever just in the, the, the little 11 years and I keep interviewing all you folks and you got 20, 20 plus years on me. So lots of changes that you've got changes. to see. You sure well hey i would be remiss if we didn't touch on um con- a comline company you know when i met you it was just aquashield so now it's a comline company and i'm nosy and i think our listeners are nosy and in our industry, it seems like everybody's buying and selling each other. So, uh, obviously, it looks like there was an acquisition made there. You want to touch on that and kind of how yeah. that's been going for you?
1: What a great opportunity! Uh, in twenty one, October of twenty one, uh, Comline basically it's a it's a family ran business started in nineteen forty six, and they're in the wastewater world of capital equipment for uh, sludge processing, paddle dryers. I mean, just just a tremendous amount of uh, great capital equipment, great Intel. In fact, the family has got the second generation and the third generation combine still in the business. So it's really seen to see that legacy. is uh-huh. just tremendous, brilliant folks. They've now we've got a young CEO that's just now got some investors in and stacking companies. So went out and Aquashield was the, the fourth acquisition in 21. Since then, we've picked up two more companies. Uh, so we're, we're a total okay. of, uh, six business units, you know, ultimately within Comline, but just a well breadth of, you know, filtration through the in, in the industrial applications, automotive industry. We've gotten ultra filtration, nano filtration, reverse osmosis, uh, grinders, mm-hmm. grind mill. Uh, it just goes on and on. So we've got just a really good group of guys and just really fortunate that it's a, a great acquisition for AquaShield, so that now that we can get some even more growth and potential, we've got a great set of investors that uh, believe in what we're doing. And uh, and it's, I'm just, the, the horizon looks great.
0: Yeah, future looks bright. That's always good to be able to have an engine behind uh, yeah. the mission that you guys are trying to provide. So again, I, I, I just, I always assume everybody knows everybody, right? And it's just not true. It's just not true, which is the whole point of this pod. So let's just let's just take a minute and um, talk briefly about kind of like the the overall product line that AquaShield offers, what it is specifically that those products do, and then the differentiator, right? Because I think you're in a very competitive market in the in the products that you do provide the industry. Um, so if you want to kind of touch on kind of like, you know, you know, the the basics, like talk to me like I'm in kindergarten of what <laughs> of what AquaShield is providing um you know and then how how are you guys different from yeah. uh, your competitors out there
1: sure so actually really our focus is in the water quality aspect so really within the stormwater world it's kind of the the three legs of water quality water quantity quant in conveyance you know ultimately but okay. for our niche okay. we're looking at typically in the pipe type of applications uh sh- historically we started at in the pipe applications so uh, kind of cut our teeth a little bit on point source devices it's not a really big product for us uh, but really the aqua swirl as a um, hydrodynamic separator at the end of pipe application is really right. our our main product i mean it uh, uh, again separates fine and different types of particles floating the oils and debris uh, then we've got a, a uh, treatment train approach where we're using the aqua swirl as a pre-treatment and then mechanically filtering the product through our aqua filter product. So all of these, again, are just focusing on that first flush of rain, the most polluted part of the storm, so that we can concentrate and take out that uh, and improve water quality for our rivers, streams, and creeks.
0: Wow, so in a 20-year in a career, Eric, you gotta, you, you've seen, I mean, let's put that in perspective for a second, I mean, you talk about, you got started in what, you said 2003, is that right? I mean, so like the iPhone came out in like 2007, eight ish. So like, not only has the world seen technological advances, I mean, the stormwater industry, I've only got 11 years. I mean, you've seen a lot of stuff. So like, you know, kind of break that down for our listeners. Like what, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be around you know, Shield products or whatever, but just your, you know, being ingrained in our industry, the things that you've seen, the changes that you've been through, and then, you know, kind of w- w- what's next? Or where are we going with all this you know, as far as stormwater
1: mm-hmm. goes? Sure. Well, looking back, you know, um, starting off, I guess, the, the early narrative of EPA was 80% TSS, total suspended solids removal. And I remember back, mm-hmm. you know, trying to define what the basis of design was. You know, ultimately, you know, these are all separation type technologies, so we're working off of gravity. Uh, and you know, re- remember when we talked with engineers you know, to try to size units, we didn't really have a kind of an idea of how we were gonna even size them. Ultimately, we would ask, you know, what's, what's the 10 year flow? And we'd just say, take a third of the 10 year flow type of thing. Or uh, you know, ultimately got down to a one year two year event you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to size based on the first flush, the initial most polluted part of the storm, the first inch of rain, per se. Um, but w- what we saw, though, through the years was just a tremendous amount of the education curve of not only computational fluid dynamic modeling of these types of w- water quality devices, but then moving into uh, scaled lab testing and then ultimately taking that lab test and taking it out in the field and how these things work actually in the field. Um, and I remember even just, you know, five, 10 years ago where we were still having that conversation because, you know, different markets matured at different times, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of the leading areas early on was in the Midwest, believe it or not. Indianapolis was a really, uh, and still is to this day, a, a really a proactive market in defining, you know, what water quality means and, and setting those, you know, standards. Um, but ultimately taking um, that narrative of, 80% of what? You know, using that EPA narrative, the 80% TSS, you know, you'd go to the municipalities and say, well, 80% of what? A 50 micron particle or a 500 micron particle have different settling velocities if we're working, talking about Stokes Law of engineering principles. And uh, so getting to a, a, an industry standard and what we rested on several years ago was an okay 110 sand, had a particle size ranging from 50 microns to 150 microns. Uh, that was kind of our surrogate, our basis of design. But again, as the education curve uh, came in, we were able to start manipulating and, and further refining, and such so, so much so that um, the lab testing now, New Jersey is kind of a, a leading clearinghouse that's defined a particle size, you know, less than 75 microns. You've got Washington DOE that's also on the West Coast that's defining, you know, regulations for water quality and and even now with the uh, green infrastructure is is as, as well with even New Jersey with green infrastructure. So we just got we've just seen a lot of transitions, and again, it just it attributes to the people that have come to the industry and just taking this transfer of knowledge from the wastewater world and then just kind of creating this stormwater uh, community.
0: Let's circle back. I feel like we talked a little bit. We touched on the the Aqua um, you know, family of products, but. Um, Tell me, what's some differentiators? Like, what makes you guys, as a manufacturer of those products, what what makes you guys different? What makes you stand out? Is it installation? Is it customer service? Is it is it for the materials you're building with? What what what's the yeah. what's the differentiator well, there?
1: A couple of things. First, I, I almost have to believe that our customer service and our staff is really just tremendous. You know, from our engineering department, our R and D, our operations even admin, we really do a tremendous job in, in uh, really valuing the customer. Um, the part of, I guess, with AquaShield, I guess what separates us uh, is really on the product side is we manufacture all the products out of polymer-coated steel or high-density polyethylene opposed to a high you know, as opposed to a concrete structure. So when these things are designed, our engineering department is already defined, basically uh, customized these units such that the inland outlet stub outs are already welded, the risers to to finish grade, they're already all mapped out such that when they arrive on the job site, these units are literally coming right off of the truck, right into the ground, and we're just plumbing the pipes and connecting the inland outlet stub outs. It's just uh, a site engineered, custom site-specific engineered design. But I tell you what really makes us different is uh, because we're such a small but mighty team, we've got a long longevity. You know, this is my 20th year, but I've got an engineering manager that's been 17 years, a research scientist that's been here 18 years. You know, we've got a lot of longevity, R&D managers over 15 years. Um, So our youngest cad is five years. So wow. we work so well together and I can't really put it into words. It's just one of these things that just happens. We work so efficiently. The right hand knows what the right hand does. And we're so efficient in, in our drawings, in our fabrication communications. And we get those compliments from our customers, from our independent sales agents across the board, and it just fuels us just to keep on driving and just really humbled and uh, appreciative to be part of the team, to be honest. It's just an amazing group of uh, talent that we have. And then, uh, you know, take that type of mentality because I really focus a lot on the the people, put the right people in the right positions, the processes so that we're always optimizing. Engineering is always optimizing. Research is always optimizing. And then ultimately the products putting the right products in the right in the right markets and uh, take that type of uh, strategy into our fabrication so that they're putting the right welders in place so that they're looking at their processes to improve their turnaround time so we can get these things, you know, fabricated as fast as possible and accurate as possible. You know, we're hydrostatically testing each of these units. These are already watertight tested. You know, you're not typically watertight testing a concrete structure. So that's a real big differentiator for AquaShield. So again, when these things arrive on the job site, uh, up to 13 foot in diameter, I mean, it's an escorted, permitted load. Uh-huh. This thing comes off. You're looking at maybe seven tons. Still can use a track hoe. Uh it, it just, we get a lot of repeat business when a customer has the opportunity to just concrete. And all of our competitors, there's a lot of competition to great network. And it's difficult because some people just say, we've always used concrete. That's what we want to do. But if we can get somebody to try our Aquashield product, and they see how easy it is to install and they see how much time that they can save and how much money they can save. It really, we get a lot of repeat business and that's been the secret of our success is just continuing to just take on more markets and just get that awareness of, of these features and benefits.
0: And that's amazing. You know, I think, uh, you know, just to kind of, you know, Reader, what you just said, tenure is huge. The, the be of not having turnover is a, is huge. I mean, you look at we just went through a, a global pandemic. I mean, man, you should have that up on your website. You basically just told me that you have a core team of probably close to or over fifty years of experience, um, not just in the industry, but it sounds like almost fifty years of experience combined experience working together. That's working together. I mean who can say that, that, that I I think that is probably something that people don't realize how important that is and how much, you know, turnover that we see. And uh, unless you go through it, you know, if you've been through a situation or on an engineering team or whatnot, and you've been through those issues where there is turnover and it's just very, you know, you think you've got good processes in place to where it's fine. You can plug and play these people because they have the proper technical background, but it's nothing. It's nothing like those people that have worked together and they can almost finish each other's sentences uh, mm-hmm. on a project. So that that's huge. I mean, you should put that, you should put all those people up on your mm-hmm. website or something and, and, and showcase that, that strength that you guys have had as far as a team goes. But let me ask you this um, before we, again, I know we're going to talk about um, your newer product, but I have another question. Um so let's just say, so if, if, I'm, an, if I'm in a municipality uh, or even sometimes at some of these firms, right, I may do in, some, in a smaller city, I, this may be the only project I do in the next five years, let's say, of putting in an aqua, aqua filter or aqua swirl, a combination of the two. Whereas you all are doing this all the time. So you see, you see the same questions. You see potentially the same mistakes or the same design errors or the same things that then you have to, you have to, explain to me the municipality why they should go in a certain route right like so there's always these questions that come up over and over again i would think is there anything like that or am i totally out you know off my rocker like or 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 is there something that you could share with a municipality that's like hey we see this all the time if you have a project or you're thinking about a project do this call us earlier, you know, don't, don't think of it this way. Think of it that way. And that will save that person a lot of either time, money, or just headache. Is there any kind of examples you could provide of of something like that?
1: Yeah. I touched on it a little bit earlier. It comes back to defining that basis of design because again, we're going to size based on the water quality flow rate and each municipality is going to have a different rain pattern, right? So ultimately, what do they want to treat? What storm do they want to treat? But more importantly, at what particle size? And that's where we just get a lot of that. The municipalities, the, the deer in the headlights look, it's like, I don't know. I just know we need to remove 80% TSS. So we will typically right. come in and, and establish or at least define a, a basis. And a lot of times it may look at uh, the New Jersey. So New Jersey has been really thoughtful and they've got, like I said, d- decided uh, based on 75 microns and lower, you know. Uh, as kind of a, a, a surrogate of a design, you know, but that's, it comes with a little bit of a struggle, a challenge in that, uh, there's different, uh, geological set, you know, sedimentation. You might have sandy loam up in New Jersey, but he may have more clays down in Georgia. So you've kind of got to define what your municipality and what their goals are and what they want to treat. And once, once we have that data, we've got so much velocity and so much, uh, Data in in terms of our removal uh, removal efficiencies at various particle sizes that we can now size and meet you know predicted uh, the removal efficiencies to to meet their 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 needs.
0: Gotcha. So this is not a one size fits all situation. They really no. need to reach out, and, and that's what's going to save them. You know, mm-hmm. to the where they're not just plucking a product off the shelf. You're actually mm-hmm. building it. To the specifications that they yep. need for their specific patterns, geographic location,
1: you got it. you got rain patterns gotcha. and Egypt, ecological and and just geological differences in their particles. That their their defined sediment right is different across the country, right. so it's not a one size. But a lot of times, uh, municipalities want to just kind of fool or to just kind of pull that in and just say, hey, "I'm just trying to take the last." Path of least resistance, and just you you know, and that's where it gets a little bit more difficult to further define. But other than that, once we can get once we can get that defined, it's it's kind of smooth smooth sailing at that point.
0: I got you. I got you. So make sure you reach out. His team is available. We'll have all the links in the, uh, in the show notes, but all right. So let's talk about some green infrastructure. You know, stormwater is, I consider stormwater very like, it's all concrete. It's all under the ground. You know, we don't get to see it a lot of times. Like we talk about the runoff and then it goes down a drain and then now we got to deal with it. But what you've got in the aquaponic is something that I would consider an opportunity to, to have a little bit of, uh, Uh, of 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 the pretty side right of of something Mm -hmm. that that is effective but not just ugly and under the ground that we don't get to see so uh i don't want to take away too much of your thunder but so go ahead and explain it to everyone you know the the idea why you know how it works uh, of uh, of of aquaponic which is one of your uh, uh newer newer product offerings
1: so right before that let me just set it up a little bit to talk a little bit about
0: in okay. the pipe
1: application so you know gotcha. traditionally as i mentioned we've got the aqua swirl and the aqua filter and if you think about those that's kind of like a buffer so you have got your 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 outfall that's ultimately going to lead to a river right. usually you'd have at the end of pipe right before that outfall you would have this buffer if you would for a hydrodynamic separator or a filter that's removing all that Prior to hitting that, you know, you know, like you said, they're hidden. You know, they're out of out of sight, out of mind. Um, exactly. So with the aquaponic, it's a great opportunity, like you said, to, to aesthetically please uh, and meet the needs. So we're able to pull this type of technology out such that it's now point source. So now you've got um, a parking lot and green infrastructure is kind of a combination of water quality and water quantity. So if we're in a, a Walmart parking lot and you see these bioswales, and then you can kind of just see it's just a, like a large culvert, if you will. And if you got okay. sheet flow coming in off of the parking lot, getting into this bioswale, um, that's great in that it's you're recharging the groundwater. You know, It's going right. to infiltrate. It's going to take a while, but it's going to infiltrate. And then you've got the volume the, to, to hold that while um, it soaks into the ground. So with the aquaponic, what we're able to do is the best of both words to integrate this green infrastructure in such a way that it's sloped. Water comes into that swale. It's sloped down to this aquaponic device where we've got plants. And we've got a, 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 a pea gravel layer that basically is just more for kind of a mulch layer, if you will, for aesthetics. But then we've got our proprietary media that uh, is removing the fines and the hydrocarbons and just uh, metals and all different types of things uh going down into a reservoir where we've got wicks. So we're kind of using the old aquaponics, uh hydroponic, you know, technology. Okay. Where we, yep. Basically right. uh allowing it to in and seeding periods when it's not raining, we still got a reservoir of water that can wick up and actually feed the plants. So very similar to the other type of devices, they're all based on a diameter and they can range from two foot all the way to thirteen foot in diameter. And uh, again, that surface area is based on the loading rate, the flow rate that's flowing into it. But what's really unique in that in that same scenario in that Walmart parking lot, you know, vector and mosquitoes in the West Nile has always been, you know, a, a top of mind type of uh, a concern. And when you've got these swales, they do a great job, but it takes a long time for that water to soak in and get ready for that next rain event. And here in the Southeast, I mean, we get, you know, 50, 60 inches of rain in in a year and we've got to get ready for that next gully washer. I mean, you see these unprecedented events like in Fort Lauderdale, you got a thousand year storm event, you know, a 0.1% happening that this happens. And that's, that's volume control, obviously. But what's really unique with this aquaponic is we're always filtering that, that bio swell. So even though when the storm subsides... We're still filtering that water, getting it out and we're connected to the storm drain at that point. Again, it's going to get to the same spot in terms of that river, creek or stream. Uh, but we're able to now, uh, evacuate that swell, getting ready for that next rain event. And it's, it's tremendous technology because we're able to do that at very high flow rates up to, you know, seven gallons per minute per square foot. And it's actually the leading, uh, uh, green infrastructure device that's been verified and certified in new jersey so we went through rigorous amounts of testing peer-reviewed and uh, to meet that accolade so we're really really happy about it really proud of it and we're starting to uh do some field testing now uh out west in in uh, washington so that's underway so we're really excited about the future for the green infrastructure but like you said it's beautifying now i i can see my water you know, my stormwater device actually working, and it's got benefits of plants and, and we're engineers. We really let the landscape architect dictate the colors <laughs> of the and all that. We a call list of what you can choose, but again, it's going to be drought tolerant and dra- or seasonable season or what zone you're in. So, oh, but we're you. not getting too much into the plants. We're letting the, the experts deal with
0: that, that stuff. I got you. I got you. Uh, you know, I mentioned before, and we help, uh, about being a municipality and helping out and kind of answering questions for for us as 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 a city. But you also provide a lot of um, assistance to engineering firms. Um, I, I believe that you've got um, a, a very robust um, uh, database or or archive of information for them, and that they can get, you know access on your website. Is that? is that still accurate or you know how what would you say to the engineer that has a project project other than calling you right i mean cuz cause, cause we would love them to call you but you know the, the situation is a situation the engineer uh may not want to call you so if they want to if they want to email and you know not get on the phone or whatever do you have some resources for them that they can utilize to help them with their project design
1: we do we've got a pda we've got a project design assistant that they can log in we also have an engineering portal that's password protected so that you know sometimes they're they're working you know engineers are working after hours and uh, they they need a, a dwg or a cad file uh mm-hmm. pdf you know, we have mm-hmm. all of those for all of our products on an engineering portal but ultimately um we've got representatives all across the country you okay. know that are specialists in that area so if i've got you know gotcha. a, an agent in in Indiana, he's gonna be an expert of all the rules and know the basis of design and can really help design, uh, even in some markets where um, they may be just kind of getting started and and not know where we can look at, you know show them examples of what other states and other municipalities are are doing. Uh, Just a a wealth of of knowledge on the sales side, as well as on the website as well. We've got animations and, and videos that describe uh, we're trying to be out at uh, the spe- specific stormwater events, you know, like CESWA, And and uh, we even participate in WEFTEC and StormCon and, and some of the leading uh, conferences across the country. Just I got you. Get I, got you. That awareness.
0: I got you. I got you. Well, we'll link we'll, in the show notes and in the, in the in everything. We'll have links to how you can get hold of AquaShield, how you can get hold of Eric um, if you want to reach out to me, if you've got a project going on, if you just want to see some other stuff, we actually will probably also do a link um, specifically to the aquaponic, just because there's some visuals there. I think everybody should uh, should be able to have a chance to see on how it all works with the hydroponic uh, aspect of it and then on into the filtration, because we're on the other side of the pipes than, than what aqua normally um normally doing. So I think that's kind of neat to see. But uh, final thoughts, my friend. I, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this and uh, and, and visiting with me um, the podcast and, and kind of getting the word out about the aquaponic but um just in general any final thoughts you have for the listeners anything you want to you'd like to share with them just you know yeah you know, i and, just uh,
1: want to thank you for your your efforts in putting this together and, <laughs> and bringing awareness in the spotlight to stormwater i mean it's uh fantastic i'd love to support your efforts and anything that we or, or aquashield can do to to help your cause would would, would love to, to participate so i uh, really appreciate well, your time and again your patience and getting this thing set up, man.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, busy. Hey, busy's good. Busy's good. So, um, I, I I do, I do thank you a lot. And, uh, Hey, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the stormwater world podcast. Do you have something you'd like to discuss? Do you have an opposing opinion regarding something you heard during this episode? Let's talk about it. Click on the link in the show notes to sign up for a future episode. I'd love to visit with you about what's happening and how you see things unfolding in your stormwater world.